Welcome to Authentic Influence with host Anthony Chansamuth, the show where we get real and share the stories and struggles, strategies and tactics of successful influencers and entrepreneurs so that you too can take action to create the life and business that you choose. And now over to Anthony. Uh, we are live now we're live good morning world good evening if you're somewhere else uh anthony chance to move here from simple credit marketing you're on authentic influence live and today we are talking about getting different get different and how to stand out in a crowded market and today's guest is uh, someone who really understands how to do that uh justin wise co-founded the different company uh, with Mike McCullowitz. You might know Mike from Profit First and some other, uh, the Pumpkin Patch and some other books that he's written. Um, so Justin helps driven online entrepreneurs attract attention, secure right fit clients and grow profits through constant experimentation. I love that. Uh, he lives in Justin, you're going to help me with this one. Is it Des Moines? How do you say that? Uh, Des Moines. Des Moines, Des Moines. Iowa. <laughs> you were okay, close. Des Moines. The one Iowa, uh, and it says by choice, uh, with his wife Carrie and three children. Uh, so we're about, uh, and he says, join the experiment at justinwise.net. Let's bring Justin onto the show. Hey, thanks for joining us today, Justin. Good to be here, man. All right. So now you're uh, pretty busy. I've, you've been running a few workshops uh, related to on the back of the launch of the book. Uh, get different. I don't have my physical copy here, but I've got the digital copy I've been reading. Uh, I'm sure you've got 100, 100 <laughs> copies right there somewhere in the room. I do, um, actually. I'm staring at, this, at the, the books right now. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so let's talk about just before we get into sort of the, the, the framework and the structure and uh, the key messaging of the book. Uh, how did you get into marketing? Well, when did you start your career? I guess, in business, in marketing, um, and what brought you, uh, what led you here to today? Yeah, marketing is kind of uh, almost a, a, dis a discovery by accident. Uh, I suppose it's probably all the case for all good discoveries, but it certainly wasn't something that I set out to do. Uh, but one thing that I've always known and has always kind of been true about me is uh, I've always had an entrepreneurial bent and so as any entrepreneur listening or watching knows, if you want to be effective at starting things and building businesses and selling, you have to know how to market. You have to know how to tell people about what you're up to. And so that's kind of where marketing grew for me. Uh, you know, I, I never really had a normal job um, uh, growing up. Uh, and, you know, started uh, going door to door and selling uh, house painting services and then started a t-shirt design company and uh, went to work in the nonprofit sector for a little while and then quickly decided that wasn't the place for me. And so started my own business. And by that point, I said, hey, what do I know really well? Well, I know how to start things and I know how to tell people about those things that I start. And so that's kind of where the marketing came from was just trial by fire, learning by doing, um, and started a ad agency in 2015, let's call it. And, uh, did that for, uh, about five years and, and recently sold that agency 
uh, this past year to work on the different company full-time with Mike. So it's this, the story in a nutshell anyway. And how did you and Mike meet? When did that occur? So I'd always been a fan of Mike. You know, his book, Profit First, was it made a huge impact on me. Um, and then very quickly read pretty much everything else that he had. And then one day I sent him a note. Uh, so uh, I keep a stack of notes on my desk, that blank notes that look like this. This is the Des Moines skyline. There is a Des Moines skyline. It's not very big, but there it is. And uh, <laughs> I, I sent, uh, these are my, my uh, stationery. So I sent him a note that said, hey, I just appreciate you so much and love your books. Thank you for writing them. Really never expecting to hear back uh, at all. And about three weeks later in the mail, I got a, a package from Mike and it was all of his books. He sent me all of his books. They were all autographed and he included a really nice note back. And I thought this guy gets it. This guy knows what he's doing. Um, I, I really like this guy. And so a couple of years went by and then, um, uh, one of, one of our mutual friends, uh, Adrian Dorison, um, she, I had a chat with her and, and she had said, Hey, Mike is looking for a subject matter expert for his next book. Get different. Uh, I, I think the two of you should connect. So we did. And, um, it just kind of worked. We clicked, we had the same style, same, same vibe, uh, and, uh, partnered on the development of the, the concepts, at least some of the concepts and get different together. And then he published the book and I'm building the business. So that's, uh, that's how Mike and I got together. What's, uh, let me just bring into the camera here. I love that story. and I love how you're using, um, just even the way you met him and how it got into, onto his radar is, is getting different. You're an example of the work that you put out there. And I love it. Uh, yeah, that's what, super important. Yeah. That, that I, I, Real quick, I'll say like, you know, this isn't something that neither he nor Mike just kind of came up with in theory and then, you know, decided to, to build a business and a book around it. This is something that I've been doing for years, it's certainly something, and I learn something new from Mike every time we talk, but it's certainly something that Mike has been doing. Um, and so I think that that partnership together, you know, we, we, we certainly practice what we preach. Is it always easy? No. Are there mistakes along the way? Yes. Is it scary? Yes. Is it frustrating at times? Certainly, but it gets noticed. And that's the most important part of the work that we're doing together is helping those small business owners, entrepreneurs who are doing so many amazing things on this planet. We want to help them get noticed and get the visibility that they deserve. It's a very, um, how should I say it? It's a very noble cause. And just even reading the first par uh, paragraph in the book highlights, you know, the, the struggles, I guess, uh, certainly you've been through, I've been through it. I'm, you know, I know Mike, went through that in the early days when no one was reading his books, no one knew who, who he was. Uh, and so, and he talked about, you know, uh, yeah, like, like literally books, uh, boxes of books sitting in, in, in a room and, and thinking how the hell I'm going to get these in front of people and really further the mission, which is to get people to read them so then they can actually, you know, do something with it. Um, so I love that. Uh, can you tell, talk about Justin, 
before your experience and, and workshops you're going through now and, and these sort of things, what are the, the why do, do small business owners struggle so much with marketing? Marketing is usually something that small business owners, at least I'm painting with very broad brushstrokes here, but in most cases, it's something that they see as a, 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 an item to check off the list. Uh, so most small business owners don't do marketing for their business, meaning they are butchers and bakers and, and candlestick makers, right? So they don't, they don't have all day, every day to just think about marketing. And so it can quickly become uh, put on the list of things that needs to get done instead of seeing it as an opportunity. And I totally get it. Uh, marketing can be certainly frustrating. And so what usually happens is a small business owner who knows that they need to do something for marketing, they will either uh, you know, farm it out with, in many cases, less than seller results, or they will simply do what everybody else is doing because it's the quickest path to getting it done. So the second part of that is actually the more dangerous side. So we'll focus on that um, because, you know, best practices, right? It's almost like a four letter word because best practices, they pretty much guarantee that you're going to be doing what everybody else is doing which also guarantees that you'll likely be ignored because everybody else is doing the same things. It's much it's much easier to be ignored by our prospects or to have to fight tooth and nail to be noticed when we're doing the same stuff that our competition is doing, the same stuff that you know every other business is doing or said a different way we're doing it in the same way. Uh, so so marketing can feel like a nuisance which is why oftentimes what happens is small business owners see, oh, hey, this thing that this competitor did seemed to be effective for them, so I'm just going to do the same thing. And the prospect then, your prospect, your ideal customer, your ideal client, then they get lost in this kind of sea of sameness. And it makes it really challenging to stand out. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm just... I put up a quote. I'm going to read it from the book, uh, which speaks to what you're saying here. And, and the quote is, why do we gravitate toward the so-called tried and true marketing uh, methods? And at the heart of that is fear. Can you speak right. a little bit about that? Yeah, it really is. It's, it's, um, and it's, it's human nature is to say, I don't want to stick out because that increases my chances of, uh, you know, getting eaten by a saber-toothed tiger, right? That's where that kind of natural instinct comes from. Because at one point in our, you know, evolution as a species, that was very helpful to us, right? So we didn't want to stand out from the pack because that meant we would get ostracized from the community or that meant we would be uh, a bigger target for, uh, you know, things that could eat us. <laughs> and so we haven't quit. We haven't quite shed that kind of primitive uh, intuition. And so when it comes to marketing our businesses, while most of us don't have to worry about being munched on by, you know, some, some prehistoric animal, we do still have that temptation to say, I can't stand out. If I stand out, it will jeopardize my 
my my standing in the community, which back in the day, being part of a community meant, didn't just mean like belonging. It meant life or death. So we fight that instinct. It's there. It's in all of us uh, where tried and true can feel like the best path because in many cases it was the safest path. But here's what I know to be true in 2021 as we record this is that, you know, tried and true is the fastest path to being ignored because we're all dealing with, you know, thousands of message marketing messages that each one of us see every single day. And so if we stick with the tried and true, uh, we're going to blend into the background of those literally thousands. I think the last time I, I last quote I read was the average, at least here in this, in the States, the average American is exposed to 3000 to 5,000 marketing messages per day. And if you do the tried and true, you're going to blend in with that that set of 3,000 to 5,000. Whereas if you take a slight variation, do something slightly different, yeah, you're still going to be in that in that pot of three to 5,000, but your chances of getting noticed is going to skyrocket. It will go way up. Whereas tried and true can feel like the safe path, right? So it harkens back to our to our kind of prehistoric brains and and nature. It can Ooh. feel the safest, but in actuality, when it comes to business and entrepreneurship and, and owning a small business, it's actually becoming more and more risky to follow the tried and true path. That's so fascinating, especially, and, and it's, we're not so conscious of all the advertising because we're, we're just so, so accustomed to it, right? Like we grow right. up as kids watching TV, when we were watching TV, now it's iPads and whatnot, but, um, uh, and YouTube. And it's just, it's just there. The advertising is there. The messaging is just, you know, you're, you're in your car or you're walking down the street and it's, it's, you know, on, on, on billboards, it's on the back of a, of, of a bus, you know, like it's everywhere. Um, and we don't really kind of tune out to it, but it's still having an impact because there, there is research that shows there is, you know, uh, there is an impact that on basically bombarding people with messaging over and over again. Um, now, there's something that you say in the book, which is, uh, or, or both of you and I talk about, which is um, word of mouth marketing. All right. And you say something, I'm going to quote here. It says, waiting for customers to refer you isn't marketing. Uh, word of mouth is a wonderful, Albert, Albert, Albert haphazard source. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Can you speak to that and tell us why, or tell our audience why word of you can't rely on word of mouth to really grow a business? It's kind of like, so again, here in the States, we're getting ready to celebrate Thanksgiving. And depending on where, you know, you may be listening from, American Thanksgiving is basically you just gorge yourself on <laughs> massive amounts of turkey and stuffing and all this amazing food. Uh, but there's also another component to Thanksgiving, a Thanksgiving meal, which is gravy. And what we say, so so you put gravy on top of everything, but there's not many people who would say, hey, I can't wait to get to Thanksgiving dinner to slurp down a giant bowl of gravy. You just don't hear people say that. Uh, and the way we think about it is word of mouth is gravy. It's the gravy you put on top of your meal. It's not the meal itself. And when you rely on word of mouth or referrals entirely for your business, it puts you in an extremely uh, risky situation. It puts you in jeopardy as a business owner. 
because essentially then you're subject to the whims of your clients and customers. So if for whatever reason, your number one referral source, and this actually happened to one of the members in our accelerator, which is our training program, where their number one referral source was responsible for, I think, 60 to 70% of their incoming referrals. And one day, this number one referral source decided, hey, you know what? I've had enough of being in business. I'm going to sell my business and go buy a cabin in the woods and uh, go to a place where there's no internet, no one can find me. And so her number one referral source overnight basically just evaporated. That's extremely risky for a business owner to put essentially all your eggs in, in one person's basket or one, you know, one set of people's baskets. And so what we say is, is word of mouth can be that gravy, but you don't want to make it your main dish. Your main dish needs to be something that you can control, that you can throttle up or throttle down as needed, but really thinking through, okay, because yeah, I hear these, this all the time, I'm sure you do as well, where people will say, well, I have all the business I need and I have all the referrals I need uh, through through word of mouth or, or my customers or my clients, they send me all the leads that I could ever handle. And what that person is, number one, it's a great spot to be in. But number two, what that person is not considering is what if the business atmosphere changes? I mean, none of us predicted the last essentially two years of being in business where people are not thinking about other people's businesses now. People are thinking about their own businesses and they're thinking, I, what, what do I need to do to survive? What do I need to do to stay in the game? And so... So, so relying on referrals, word of mouth, just puts the business owner in a really, really scary spot. Yeah, and it, it makes me think of single source dependency. And uh, it's the same for if you only have one, excuse me, if you're relying on one primary client to be the source of your income. And that client, you know, and we've seen this happen with the pandemic and recessions and whatnot. And we're just you know, something's changed. AI has come into the market and something's impacted that business and they're, they're no longer around. Um, and it's a really, you know, you're, you're, you're hanging on a cliff because yeah, if they yeah. if they disappear overnight and, and it happens, like you say, um, and you don't have any other kind of system to bring you consistent leads or the right type of leads or, or, or clients for your business, you're going to be, uh, you know, you're in a bad place. Um so thanks for sharing that. Uh, let's talk about your uh, the, the three-step system that you've developed uh, and, and you, you coach people through and, and you know, you've got some really strong case studies and we'll get to case studies in a moment. But um, actually, well, let's start there. Let's talk about uh, a couple of the case studies in, in the book or even any others that, you've, that have come through your accelerator. Um, just a couple of examples of, of people or businesses that have applied this methodology and, and, and what kind of results they've had. Uh, I think you're on mute, Justin. Oh, your audio's dropped out. Can't hear you. <laughs> oh, no. Justin's being different by doing a mime show. <laughs> We're on. Okay, I got some audio there. No, mute. Check, check. Hey, hey. Yep, we're back on. Okay, this for whatever reason just stopped working. So, uh, <laughs> oh, good. So, yeah, we must be on to something. I don't know. So, so the other, my backup mic isn't quite as good. So, we'll just have to run with it. Okay. The show must uh, go on. 
Yeah, it's just so, yeah, a couple, uh, one or two case studies uh, just from people who've, who've gone through the, the process, right? So you go talk through a, a system, we'll, and we'll go into a system in a moment, but I'd love to hear just, yeah, a story of how that's really impacted somebody. We've had, I would say, the biggest, the biggest successes from what I've personally witnessed, both in doing research for the book and also our accelerator members, is, yeah, do, do they get results? Yes. Are they seeing breakthroughs in their marketing? Yes. But I would say the biggest uh, benefit to following the system that we'll talk about here in a minute is the, the relief, the stress, and the, there's relief from the pressures of marketing. There's relief from the stress of you know, spending all your money on something that's not gonna work. And there's an increase in confidence that I see from the people who implement our system. So lumping those all together, yes, there's, okay, well, we had, you know, we got eight new clients from this experiment, or we reduced our marketing spend by 25%, or, you know, I got booked for 10 podcast appearances, or, you know, we increased the click-through rate of our ads, all those things aside. Those are all real examples just off the top of my head. But the most important things that I see are people, small business owners, entrepreneurs feel that sense of confidence to say, you could drop me in the middle of the ocean on a deserted island and all I would need to market a brand new business is the Get Different framework and maybe a laptop with an internet connection. <laughs> but of course, if I had a laptop with an internet connection, then I would just say, hey, come get me off this desert island, but you get the idea. Uh, so, so yeah, individual results, sure. But I think the, the important part and the powerful part of our framework isn't so much the individualized results as it is how it empowers and frees the small business owner. So I can explain it if you'd like. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's get into it. So uh, you, you, there's three questions, um, and and the framework is uh, we're going to talk about being dads. <laughs> so let's let's uh, let's get into it, Justin. Yeah, so it's super simple. Uh, it's differentiate, attract, and direct. So dad is the acronym. Differentiate, attract, and direct. The three components of any effective marketing experiment, campaign, strategy, whatever. Those three have to be there. D, differentiate. Do something different to get noticed. It's that simple. And different can be anything from, uh, we had a client who, uh, in fact, we just wrote a radio ad today in one of our member calls that put a different spin. So they're using a traditional medium, radio, but we wrote the script in such a way that it was different than all the other ads that you would hear. It, someone who's listening, all we want to do is get their attention and have them perk up. And the way we wrote the ad very much will do that. It could be using a billboard in a different way or using a TV ad in a different way. Or, you know, the way that I like to look at it, too, is to think to yourself, what are the common ways in which people and other businesses market in my niche or industry? And how can I choose either a different uh, method? So if everyone uses billboards, can you use Facebook ads? If everyone uses uh, direct mail, can you do email? 
If everyone does text-based email, can you do video-based email? So there's the method, but then changing up also the message. So maybe you use direct mail in a different way. So all your competitors use direct mail, but you use it in a different way. Everybody else uses Facebook ads, but you use it in a different way. So first we have to do something different to get noticed. A is attract. So at attract, we have to ask ourselves, how can we present our ideal prospect with an attractive opportunity? Uh, and attractive can mean anything, right? It just has to be something that your ideal prospect says, yes, that's interesting to me. Or that might be something that I'm interested in hearing about. Or I want to hear more. Or tell me more about that. They're not committing to anything and you're not asking them to commit to anything yet. But what you are saying is, hey, here's this opportunity. Uh, is this something that's attractive or interesting to you? Is it safe? Because if it's not safe, they're going to run the other direction. If it's not relevant, they're going to ignore you. So it has to be safe and relevant and presenting your ideal prospect with an attractive opportunity. And then, of course, we have direct, uh, which is pretty simple, is what we call marketing compliance. Does your prospect do what it is that you want them to do when you ask. That would be what we would call a call to action. Uh, but essentially you're saying, take this next step, do this now, take this action. And when you put all those together, you have a really powerful framework to build your marketing experiments on. So differentiate, attract, direct, boom, it's all there. You're listening to Authentic Influence. Learn the tips, strategies, and practices for taking your influence to the next level. Now, back to the show. I'm just frantically taking notes because I love what you're, you're sharing here. So let's run through them again. So we've got different uh, differentiate. Uh, and we're, what we're really asking is how can I stand out or how can I get, uh, how can I do something that's different to what's common in my industry? Um, I think you, you shared an example there. Can you share another example of um, like maybe a services industry, um, someone that's a consultant or, or in that world? Like what, what's one thing that, they, that you've seen um, work really well that made them different? So I'll give my, my, own, my own self as an example here because yeah. when I was running an agency, we were pretty much like every other run-of-the-mill agency. Uh, we consider ourselves full service uh, and, you know, we just kind of do what everybody else did until one day basically everything in the business broke and we had to, we had to kind of, you know, take stock in what we were doing and reconsider a lot of what we're doing. But we counted up all the different services that we were providing clients. And we counted up 47 different individual services that we had going at any one given time for our clients. And so, so we made the decision to say, okay, what of these 47 can we do really, really well? And decided to pare that list down from 47 down to one service. 47 services down to one service. And why it was different is because what we – the way we marketed that was, if you want email marketing, we don't do that. 
If you want website design, we don't do that. If you want social media content, we don't do that. If you want all this other stuff, we don't do any of it. The one thing that we do and we do really well is Facebook advertising. And so that's what we drilled down on. Now, this was many years ago. Now that's actually much more common now. Um, but it was different back then in, in, the, in the sense that not many other people were doing that. Everyone wanted to add more services. And what we were actively saying was, how can we add fewer? And that caught people's attention. So that's an example of how any you know, agency, any service-based industry can look at and say, okay, what do our clients actually need? What are they asking for? And what are we most skilled at providing? And considering you know, maybe we narrow our service or our focus down to do only that thing. And that's a really good point. And I love the example because that's basically what I've done with my business because I started off with uh, copywriting and doing everything, right? So email and, and um, websites and brochures, you name it. Uh, and then what I realized, you know, just going through your process and looking, but though I didn't know your process back then, didn't have the book. But uh, what, what I sort of identified was actually the thing that people keep coming back to me for and the thing that they that has the value most value is uh, doing customer case studies, actually interviewing their clients. Um, so that's that takes that pain that they have of having to book the call, having to you know invite clients onto a call and then ask the questions like the founders or, or as you know the people who are running the show typically don't have the time to do that and they don't necessarily want to do it. Um, and so for me, they, they just went, okay, love that you guys do that. And so I switched my marketing over to, we just do case studies, <laughs> just similar to what you did with, we, do, we just do Facebook ads and we do that, we do them really well. Um, and, and that was really a, a sort of a, a light bulb moment for me. It was kind of like, yeah, when you become known for doing that one thing really well, uh, that that's going to power, you know, um, better business for you, uh, than trying to be the, we do it all uh, type messaging, which is like what most of our competitors are doing. And it probably makes marketing your business a lot easier, I would guess. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and so people just refer to me as a case study guy. <laughs> You're the case study guy. <laughs> um, and, and you want to be some person, some guy or girl, than the nobody guy, right? Um, love it. Now you, okay, that's a differentiate step. And then we've got the attract step, which is how can we present our, our ideal prospect with an attractive opportunity? Um, what are you talking about here? Are you talking about, you know, the invitation to a discovery call, which is what every consultant does, right? Um, or is it something more nuanced than that? It, it certainly can be, but I think your example is a great one. And let's just dive in there because we've helped many members in our accelerators are in that kind of pocket of consultant, coach, uh, you know, info marketer, whatever. And so one of the things that we've tried with a few folks is to say, hey, Everybody else is offering these free strategy calls. What if you actually, what if you actually charged for those calls? Is that an attractive opportunity to your prospect? Now, is that going to work for every coach or consultant on the planet? No. But one thing that is interesting to watch has been the folks who have been bold enough to try it. What they have found is, to their own surprise, wow, people are willing to pay for this. And to the right people, it's actually more attractive to them that we charge for this than if we offer it for free. Because if we charge for it, there's this, this notion that it's going to automatically have value attached to it. 
And so those calls are completely different from that perspective because the prospect then, they're already bought in on some level anyway. And so they come to the call with an expectation that's not necessarily there. What's the expectation, at least in most cases, when you show up for a free discovery call? Well, you're going to do a little bit of talking, maybe answer some questions, and then you're going to get pitched something. Yep. Whereas the expectation for the folks who have tried to, to charge a small fee for those same calls, they're finding that the calls, the content isn't that much different, but the positioning with the person in front of them is totally different. And so, so again, is that going to work for everyone? No. I mean, I would encourage you to, to experiment, to try different things out, but we've seen enough of, you know, folks try this out and it's worked for them for me to be able to say like, okay, the market's been flooded by these free discovery call sessions. It's probably time to start asking what's different about that. Because at one time it it was at one time that wasn't different, right? At one point it was, it was not common to offer a discovery call or a webinar or a demo or whatever for free. That was uncommon. And then people started doing it. They got results. Then they started teaching other people how to do it. Those folks got results, but maybe not as much. And now it's to a point where it's commonplace. So you have to ask yourself, what is attractive to my ideal prospect? Um, and being willing to go in that direction, even if it makes us uncomfortable. Great question. And I want to definitely encourage all our listeners to uh, really seriously think about, because if, if you're not uh, focused on standing out, you really focus on being the same right like it, it, it's uh, and that's why you're struggling like like if that's you know if everyone doesn't see you you know i kind of think of it we're all at a, at a you know in a crowd somewhere and, and maybe we're at a, at a conference and the thing that stands out to me in a conference are the people on the stage because they've actually you know doing something to stand out and be in front of everyone else rather than hidden amongst everybody else in the crowd uh, I'm just put up the, the, the website here. So it's differentcompany.co. Uh, I definitely recommend you check that out. You can connect with Justin uh, through there. Uh, they actually have, he's offering a uh, get different kit. Um, what what does that kit help you do? Uh, I assume it helps you get different. Uh, what's, is it a series of steps and processes in there? What's that about, Justin? Yeah, we, we put a ton of resources in there. They're always kind of changing. Um, we've got a couple keynotes in there from Mike. We have resources from the book, Get Different, in there. We have some additional kind of worksheets that we're, we've put in there. Um, try, we've got some case studies in there, some more detailed case studies. There's just a lot of good stuff in there. It goes way beyond just, hey, here's this PDF. So, so yeah, check it out. It's cool. I love it. It's one of my favorite things that we have. Uh, it is free. So you don't have to pay for this, but it's the only free thing that we have. So make sure you check it out. Yeah. So it's differentcompany.co or .co. Yeah. Uh, now, can you just quickly explain the photo? Because I love it. <laughs> and I wonder how many photos did you guys go through before you chose this one? <laughs> yeah, well, if you mouse, I don't know if the mouse over is working, but if you mouse over it, it there's, we've been trying to get an Easter egg on it, but it, it doesn't quite work all the time. <laughs> so yeah, there we go. So the photo, this is my very first photo shoot with Mike McCallowitz, and I will never forget it because he just does photo shoots in a way that it's not your uh, safe, let's sit down and pose 
and do a few photos. This was fully full send photo shoot. That's what I called it. It was just, <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was so much fun. We had a blast shooting that day. Uh, and this was, this was our favorite photo that came out of it. And you know, that, that, that's really one of the things that stands out about the both of you and certainly Mike in, in his work is just the humor um, and the personality that comes through, like you say, and, and you, you do seem like two, two peas in a pod, uh, you know, to even have you participate in that photo just goes, okay, yeah, you guys are on the same page. Yeah. Um, love it. <laughs> yeah, we definitely, it, it pushed me out of my comfort zone, but the results I think were definitely worth it. Awesome. So let's just spend a couple of minutes talking about case studies because, you know, obviously I'm the case study guy uh, and I just love the way that case studies are littered throughout your entire, I'll call it the buyer journey or the customer journey um, from inside the book itself. Uh, you know, you've got on the, the accelerator page where, you, you know, people can go in and learn more about the accelerator uh, and that wonderful program that, that you, the both of you are running, uh, specifically uh, Justin. Um, why, why are case studies so powerful uh, in your eyes, Justin? And, and, and um, why do you use them? Because you're definitely using them in your marketing. I think case studies, you know, unless you're an Apple or, uh, well, even, even Apple. I mean, look at the big brands. You know, take Apple or the last one I remember seeing was Chick-fil-A. Uh, and, you know, these big brands, they're, they're doing case studies. So it's never like, you know, at one point the, the feedback was, well, you know, when you're just starting out, make sure, you, you know, you, do, you work for free so you can get case studies. And then it's implied, well, we, then you won't need case studies anymore. And I've just not found that to be the case. I think no matter the size of your business, no matter where you're at in terms of the development cycle of your business, no matter what you sell, no matter what your offering is, there's, there's an intangible factor that comes along with someone saying, I experienced this thing, this offer, this person, this conference, this whatever, and here's what it was like for me. Um, and as you would, as I'm sure you would agree, there's good ways to do case studies and there's not so good ways to do case studies. But that aside, the very fact that, you know, it's not just you as the entrepreneur, you as the small business owner saying, hey, this thing we made is really cool and you should want it too. It's, it's being able to hear from other people who've been through it. And I would add to that also, you know, my own personal, I don't know if you call it journey or maybe relationship with case studies has really morphed. Uh, and I'm so thankful for it as that, that morphing as well, because it used to be, you know, I, I would think case studies means that you have to show these ridiculous results. You have to have people who have these ridiculous results. Uh, and if you don't have these ridiculous results, then it's going to be a bad case study or you're not a real business owner or your product or service or offering is no good. And I've just not found that to be true. Uh, where we have case studies now, where I'm thinking of one in particular, one of our accelerator members, David, you know, his case study wasn't, oh, I got, you know, I made a million bucks from this one experiment. His, his case study was, when I went through this accelerator, I began to see my personality as an asset instead of a liability. You cannot put a price tag on that. I'm sorry. There's no way that you can tell me 
this business owner finally seeing his unique God-given personality as an asset as opposed to a liability, there's no way you could put a price tag on that because certainly it has implications to for his marketing. Yeah, duh, right? But it also has implications for his life. We had a member, uh, Alex, the other day who said to us, you know, yeah, I'm so thankful for this accelerator. I'm so thankful for the framework. It certainly helped me in my business. But then he said, it's, it's changed the way that I live my life. That's a case study you can't put a dollar amount to. I mean, try, try to price uh, life, entire life change. Try and put a price tag on that. You can't. So I want to encourage anyone watching this or listening to this. If you've ever felt pressure or less than because you don't have these like crazy, ridiculous, you know, case studies, which by the way, the crazy, ridiculous case studies are almost always a fabrication, just to let everybody know. <laughs> uh, they're almost always stretched. The, tr the truth is stretched, if not downright, you know, plastered over. Uh, but I want to encourage you to really think through, okay, how are people different when they experience this offer? And it could be small, it could be big, it could be somewhere in between, but that's a case study. And it could be the smallest of all steps, but if it made an impact on the people who come through your business, that counts. That's a real case study. I really resonate with that message. And, and you know, I, I've certainly read David's and Alex's, um, what they've said about, you know, the, the, the accelerator uh, and, and those, specifically David's did turn out to me because it's like, wow, like, we want that, but we don't necessarily express it, right? So it's something that you don't walk around saying, I'm going to join this program because I want to change, you know, the way I see myself, right? That's, 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 uh, and to have that become someone actually articulate that uh, is really powerful. Um, so just a, a quick sort of, I guess, logistical question here around how you, how you go about collecting case studies. Is, a, is there a good time or best time to do that? Um, or, or, you know, and how, how do you, how do you actually make that easy? I suppose, because a common question I get is, you know, it's so hard. I have to book calls. I have to do all these things, but, um, what's your approach to that, Justin? Uh, you know, it's pretty organic. What I will pay attention to is if someone comments in our Facebook group that they had a huge win, or we get an email from someone saying, Hey, I just did this thing and it totally worked. My, I, I've just trained myself now to say, Boom, ask them if they would be willing to share that. And we use a software as well to collect testimonials. So I, what I'll almost always do is send them a link where they can go and either record or you know, write down a testimonial. Um, if it's something where either I feel like the impact is really, you know, is, is greater uh, or if, person, if someone has a really interesting or unique uh, perspective or interesting and unique result or interesting and unique business. And I want to tease that out. I'll ask them for a client success interview. My assistant sets that up. I go in, we record it and get it on the calendar. Boom, it's done. Uh, but as you mentioned, that does take quite a few steps. That's why I like, actually, this is the software we use right here. 
it's super easy. This is where most people um, will you know, kind of leave something for us. And this automates automatically too. So anytime somebody leaves uh, uh, you know, a, a testimonial or a case study or whatever, it automatically goes and is sent to um, the website. So we don't have to like fuss around with it or mess around with it. It all just goes right there. Very, very cool. I, I love it. I love just the way this is laid out. You know, it's really simple. I can imagine for the person putting this in, it's easy for them to put some text in or record the video yeah. uh, and testimonial.to is the, is the tool. Um, and just the way you, you've incorporated that into, this is a landing page for your um, accelerator. Right. Um, right. It, it's brilliant. Uh, fantastic. All right. So we're going to wrap up. Um, I've got just a couple of questions for you. Uh, and I do appreciate just your, just your sharing today. Um, everyone, go get different.com is the book. And then there's differentcompany.co where you can learn more about the program, uh, get the, the get different kit, uh, all the good stuff that Justin and Mike are putting out. So let me just uh, pull over to uh, two questions for you. Um, one is other than get different the book which we we definitely recommend um is there any other book or resource or a podcast that that uh, uh has really helped you um with understanding marketing or even just business in general yeah the one that comes to mind is 80 20 sales and marketing by perry marshall that book blew. i, I am trying to find it over my bookshelf here uh that book blew my mind and as far as I'm concerned, like there's no better marketing book on the planet. Uh, of course, outside of Get Different, um, that to me is the is the gold standard. Uh, is eighty twenty sales and marketing? Uh, it stands the test of time, and, and everything else is a cheap imitation, as far as I'm concerned. So that was a, a very impactful book on me. Um, Perry is just a brilliant guy super smart and like if i'm going to have pe someone read uh, one book besides get different it's going to be 80 20 sales and marketing brilliant uh has do you know if perry has read the book uh get different yet i don't know i should send him a copy yeah <laughs> uh, that's a wonderful appreciation message you can send him this video and go hey this is what yeah. i said to you on, on Ant's podcast love it uh final question for you is we've all been going through the pandemic and and you know having different experiences with that um, what's one thing that you do uh, for mental health? Uh, the steam room at my gym. So I don't know what it is about sitting in a super hot room and just sweating your you-know-what off. <laughs> but that uh, when our gym, like when our gym closed, that was the toughest. I think it was closed for almost two months. And I know that different pockets of the world have much different, you know, you know, standards right now. But I think for me, it was getting in the steam room, but, but I think broader is just staying active. You know, we have a nature trail behind our house. So there was a time where our gym was closed, where I would take walks every day on that trail just to keep my mental sanity, uh, you know, bike rides, lifting weights, staying active. Um, that's something that I've done you know, for 20 plus years. And uh, I can't imagine not being able to, to be active like that. So that's the first thing that came to mind, but I do love that steamer.
<laughs> what is it? How long do you normally typically stay in there? I'm just curious. I can hit like if I can hit like 15 minutes pretty consistently. Wow. But yeah. anything more than 15 minutes, uh, it starts to get too hot for the hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, yeah. man. So did, I imagine does it get really cold in, in like in your area? Is that? Like, yeah. I mean, it'll yeah. get, uh, I, I always struggle with uh, the, because us here in the States, we do everything backwards. So we don't use the metric system. We don't sure. use Celsius. Everybody else in the world does, but we don't. Uh, so, so it'll, you know, like today it'll be, I think the high is going to be 38 Fahrenheit, which would be what Celsius? That's like two, three Celsius. What was it? 38 Fahrenheit, was it? 38 Fahrenheit, yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about um, putting it up real quick here. Yeah, three degrees, three point three degrees Celsius. That's freaking cold, man. <laughs> yeah. So that's our high for today. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I can see why steam room is a good idea. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. All right, dude. I really appreciate your time today, everyone uh, listening. Thanks for joining in. Uh, differentcompany.co. That's the site to go to to just go grab that kit. Definitely recommend it. Definitely recommend the book. Uh, and also, if you want some additional support there, uh, Justin's Accelerator Program. Um, when's the next round for that happening? Uh, we will probably do one kind of mini launch before the end of the year. And then 2022, we don't really have dates set yet. So we'll see. Oh, good. Well, hopefully uh, one day that, that opens up and you can actually fly around and, and maybe you'll come to Australia. And, and we'll, I love it. We'll do it over here. <laughs> I'll help you host it. It's all fun. Yeah, there we go. All right. There you go. All right, man. Thanks again for your time. And any last words for our listeners before we uh, say bye? You know, go get them. I don't know. <laughs> I got to come up with a better stinger than that. <laughs> Love it. Go get them, Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, someone else has that one. <laughs> hey, thanks okay, for well, me, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. And uh, it was worth getting up at 5.45 for you, man. There you <laughs> go. I'm so thankful. I appreciate that too. <laughs> All right, everyone else. Uh, yep. Subscribe to the podcast. Share this one out. If you have a favorite quote or a lesson from this episode, please tweet it out. Uh, you can tag myself. You can tag Justin. Um, and uh, yeah, we always love to hear feedback. And uh, again, leave a review on the iTunes and wherever else you're listening. Thanks for your time. Bye. Now, just quickly, if you want to check out the show notes for this episode, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash podcast, uh, and you can grab all the links and things and resources on there. And also, if you are a conscious entrepreneur, got a professional services business, working B2B, uh, and you've got an interest in building influence and income through showing up, serving others, and being real, then I invite you to join my Authentic Influence Warriors Facebook group. Uh, if you want to do that, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash community. Okay, thanks for joining in, and I'll see you on the next episode. for listening to the Authentic Influence podcast at AuthenticInfluence.co.